If you're on the lookout for some new nerd fits for the upcoming season, why not pay a visit to Made With Rage? Made With Rage is a black-owned independent clothing store selling sweatshirts, t-shirts, hats, swimwear and lots more. Clothing features designs based on popular anime like Demon Slayer, Naruto and Dragon Ball Z, but bespoke requests are welcome. To check out the range, visit madewithrage.co.uk. That's madewithrage.co.uk. You said you'd come. Lawrence, hope you're not too late. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Oolong talks. Oolong talks. Talk just a little bit, just for the sake of it. Say what you think of it. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Wulong Talks podcast. My name is Jason. I'm the host of the show, as you guys know by now. And today I'm joined by a very special guest, somebody that uh, a few of you will remember from Wulong Talks in the early days. Uh, but before I bring uh, him back for his triumphant return, let me first of all say welcome to you. Thank you for choosing Wulong Talks as your podcast of choice. Uh, if you are listening to us for the first time, welcome. What we do here is we talk movies, comic books, gaming, and all sorts of pop culture news and, and opinions and various other things like that. Uh, um, usually I'm joined by my partner in crime, the Rustin Kid, a.k.a. Rich Kid. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> he's not available for us today. But as said, we do have a very special guest. And if you're OG to the Wulong Talks podcast, then you'll know exactly who this guy is. Um, but without further ado, let me bring him in anyway. It's the one and only Mank Geek, a.k.a. Big A. Big A, what's up, man? Yo, thanks for having me. It's been a while since I've been on. I think it was probably a few years ago the last time. Okay, man, I still can't believe you call Rich the rustling kid still. <laughs> I didn't know that name was still going. Well, you know what? He's done nothing to lose the name, so like, <laughs> it's still, it's still appropriate. He still doesn't yeah. know how a microphone works. So. <laughs> it's all right, I can slander his name because he's not here to defend yeah. himself. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, good to have you back, man. Good to have you back. Yes, man. Good to be business. back. Um, yeah, I'm sure you all remember uh, Big A, a guy with strong opinions and uh, <laughs> lots of knowledge on uh, things like Star Wars, gaming, um, loads of things, really. So uh, Big A is going to share his opinions with us on a, a few topics here tonight. Um, but first, just before we get started again, another quick bit of housekeeping, just to say that um, our show sponsor, Made With Rage, has a new website. Wait, wait. You'll hear the new trailer for this at the beginning of this episode. So uh, when you clicked on this episode and, and started to press play, you probably heard the advert there. So just make a note of the new website address for Made With Rage. It's Made madewithrage.co.uk okay well as usual we'll start off by uh just catching up and seeing what we've been up to and what kind of geeky things we've been doing so um yeah big a as this your triumphant return man how's things been and what have you been up to you know it's, it's been pretty good man the other day i went to see sonic 2 which was way better than i expected i was shocked again because mm. the first one i quite liked and i was quite shocked at how it was a corny white dude meets cgi character movie mm. 
but it, but it worked. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's all right. And then I went to see the second one. I was like, there's no way they can pull this off again. Like, I don't think it's going to be as good as the first one. Mm. And it is, in a lot of ways, I feel better than the first one. And there's right. even, not to, not to spoil it, but there's even a part where there's actual platforming going on. So I was very happy <laughs> with Sonic 2. It was really enjoyable. Um, I've been watching Arcane as well. I just finished that today. I don't know I'm behind the times with Arcane because everyone was watching that last year. But yeah, that was truly, truly a brilliant piece of animation. I I don't think there's quite anything else like it. I like we're, I like that we're in this new era of adult animation in the West. Like you had things like Invincible. Uh, obviously, you got like The Boys Diabolical. And you've got Arcane now as well. And I just think we could be seeing more of this kind of stuff, hopefully. Um, but with, well with what's going on at Netflix with the animation side of things. I don't know if we will, but I'm, I'm all for these kind of projects because it's about goddamn time we do this stuff in the West as well. Mm, for sure. I mean, you you brought up the, the point of Netflix and, and we'll definitely dive into that, listeners, because that's been a bit of a shocker to find out what's been going on with Netflix recently. But um, yeah, I mean, it would help if like you didn't have, you know, things like the Oscars condescending animation in general. Yeah. Um, mm. you know, once kind of attitudes towards animation as, as an art form kind of change in, in the halls of power um, where these things kind of get made, then, you know, hopefully, yeah, we'll start to see, you know, much more of a balance within uh, the animation genre as an art form and you'll yeah. start to get adult stuff, kid stuff. You'll start to get, you know, different genres and different types of animation because, you know, I've known, I've long kind of said, I don't understand why we don't have different, you know, different genres of, of animation in much of yeah. the way that, you know, they do with Japanese anime, where there's different types of anime. You can get comedies, you can get horror anime, you can get action anime, sci-fi anime, yeah. you know, you get various, you get kids anime, you get all kinds of stuff. Like, so why are we not doing that, you know, in the West? Why is it always kind of focused on, on one particular audience? So hopefully, as you said, with the success of Arcane um, and things like that, we'll, we'll start to see, you know, more, yeah, more of that stuff. Definitely. But yeah, other than that, pretty much just a standard affair of, you know, going to the cinema, watching stuff. I've been watching a few series as well, obviously, like uh, Halo as well, um, stuff like that. And yeah, just been checking out things, you know, doing, doing TikToks these days, which is, uh, which has been nice. It's probably the nicest <laughs> social media platform I've been on just because you can, people actually want to interact with your content as long as you're saying interesting stuff. And I was so shocked. I thought, um, I didn't think I was going to get a comment on anything, but even a 10 second video about something can mean something to someone. So they will like it and they will comment and they will share and stuff like this. It's so weird. It's like the platform wants you to make stuff and Hmm. wants people to see it. So as long as you're doing good stuff that people are interacting with, it's, well, not easy, but it's doable. Right, right. I've always been kind of, like, intimidated by TikTok, man, because I don't really know, like, how it works. And stuff, Same here. You know? I, I was intimidated to begin with as well. But, but yeah, once I started posting, and there is a geek, there's, there's an older community on there, like, all the kids stuff, all the dancing and all that business. I don't, I don't bother with that because that's not me. But there is like nerds on there and older nerds, millennials, some Gen Xs as well. You know what I mean? So it's crazy how many older people are actually on there because I didn't I didn't think there'd be any. But but yeah, there's mm. quite a few. 
Oh, okay, cool, cool. Well, um, yeah, definitely. Yes, it, uh, towards the end of the show, we'll uh, get you to shout out your TikTok yeah. details as well, so cool, people cool. can um, go and check that out, man, and, and have a look. Wicked, wicked. Uh, anything else? Nah, that's about it, really. Cool, cool. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I've been doing like a, a few kind of things here and there, like uh, not not a massive amount. Listeners has, has been changing in my life. As you know, I've had various different kind of things going on with uh, my son and um, kind of sorting him out and, and, and just adventures in parenting. Nothing serious, really. Just, you know, I said adventures in parenting, really. <laughs> um, and trying to find a house as well. That's That's been like an ongoing bloody headache um to be honest with you yeah been a real pain so um yeah it's just all adulting stuff um really but i have been able to kind of watch some movies and and some tv shows and stuff um i did mention when i was on uh danger room analysis and we'll we'll give a shout out to that a little bit later on as well but um when i was on danger room analysis i did mention that i had seen um uh, a movie called raging fire um, which is a, a martial arts movie directed by uh, the late Benny Chan, uh, who passed away. Um, he was a legend of kind of Hong Kong cinema, really, Benny Chan. Um, and in particular, did a lot of great work with Donnie Yen, um, including like sort of SPL and, and things like that. Um, done some massive movies to, together. And this is like kind of Benny Chan's last movie, Raging Fire. And essentially it's kind of like, it's it's like a Hong Kong version of, of Heat. It's basically the best way oh, I can describe okay. it. Cool, cool. Um, and I was really kind of hoping to be blown away. And unfortunately I wasn't. Um, partly because it's quite predictable in places. It's it's a fine yeah. film. Like it's, there's nothing, you know, massively wrong with it. You'll still watch it and enjoy it, but it, it is quite predictable at certain points. And uh, the villain of, of the piece is actually badly miscast, uh, really badly miscast. Like in my opinion, like, it, it just didn't work for me at all. Um, but Donnie's always watchable, you know. He's never not uh, watchable. Um, and you know, as I said there are some good kind of set pieces in there. Particularly uh, one of the final shootouts at the end is is really good as well. So um it is worth checking out uh i wouldn't necessarily say um you know go and spend like big big boy money on it but yeah you know if you've got like some a spare change in your pocket then check out rage and fire that that might be worth a look as well um and what else have i done i've been trying to catch up with a, a few different british movies as well particularly like some black british movies um because i've just kind of been like Oh, I watch too much superheroes and shit. I need yeah. to. I need culture. I need culture. Bit of a detox. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, certain times you, you feel like you're a cultureless oaf and you're just sitting there like consuming all of this fast food type entertainment. Mm. Uh, so I'm like, no, I need some thought provoking shit. You know. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I've been trying to catch up with some stuff. I ended up downloading a whole heap of movies and not even bothering to watch them. <laughs> so like, so after giving <laughs> it all the people, way. I, I didn't <laughs> watch any of the shit that I downloaded. Well, apart from one, uh, which I'll get into. But um, yeah, I did get a couple of British films, as I said. So I got a film called Farming, which I haven't watched yet. I am definitely going to watch okay. it tonight, though. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it, Alf, but it's by... No. Um, oh, God, I have to be careful. I don't butcher the man's name now. Uh, <laughs> Adewale Akinyoi uh, Agbaje. Um, he's the okay. dude who is uh, he was Mr. Echo in Lost. Uh, oh, right, okay. In um, 
Oz and and uh, Killer Croc in Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's based on his story, his, his true story about his upbringing. Basically, his parents um, sent him to England in the 1980s as like a really young child from Nigeria um, to go yeah. and live with a white family because it was seen as like that's how you. Um, if you send them to a white, yeah, basically, if you send them to a white family, then they get a better education, and you know they'll learn to assimilate and they'll learn manners and this, that, and the other. Um, so that's what what happened to him. Basically, he was sent over to the UK and and was raised um, by this this uh, white family. So this story is kind of based on on his experiences there. Um, I said I haven't watched it yet, uh, so I need to watch it so I can then give you my thoughts on it. Um, but it was a film that I wanted when I saw the trailer come out a couple of years ago because the film's actually kind of old. It came out in like 2018. But yeah, I'm looking um, out on, uh, online and yeah, it's got yeah. the guy from um, Snowfall in it. Yes, Damson Idris. Yes, he's in yeah. it as well. So um, yeah, it looks like it might be an interesting watch. So I'm gonna check that out at some point. Um, I also downloaded one called Brixton Tale as well. Okay. Um, which also looks kind of interesting as well. Um, looks it, it's more about kind of, I guess, um like racism, gentrification, uh like a relationship between like uh there's this girl who's quite wealthy and then this this dude from the hood. Um yeah. and it sounds very kind of stereotypical on the surface, but then once you get into the story, it's actually quite meaty and and, and quite dramatic. So um it sounds quite interesting. Uh, the one that I did choose to watch was one that I watched with Mrs., which is um, a movie called Boxing Day. Uh, oh, the Reggie Yates one. one. Uh, no, it's not. No. I actually oh, want okay. to watch the Reggie Yates one. That <laughs> was the was. one. Funny enough, that's the one I actually wanted to watch initially. Oh, <laughs> I know the one you're watching. Is, is that the one with that girl from Little Mix in it and the dude? It is. It's um, from um, Amil, like Kiddlehood and all that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah okay. Adulthood, and he was yeah. in the first season of Sense Eight as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, was um, <laughs> yeah, it, I, I ended up watching that one, and boy, did I regret that. Me in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like, I remember so seeing the trailers good. in the cinema and I was like, this film's going to be so predictable. Like, no, the trying, though. It's not well, even the predictability that's a problem, Alvin. It's just not good. <laughs> like, it's got really good reviews as well. And I was like, really? It's like, if I, because I'm not the most like, fay and, and knowledgeable when it comes to romantic comedy. So, yeah, you know, yeah, maybe there's, there's, things here that I that are just going over my head and I'm not appreciating yeah. you know but but I just was kind of like both me and the missus were just sort of like what, <laughs> what, is, yeah, what this? is this like it just was weird it felt very inauthentic at times the dialogue mm. wasn't great it just the acting's like wow <laughs> wow oh the God. acting's bad you know usually like British films have a rem- even if the film may not necessarily be good you know at least the acting is on point because everybody's yeah, yeah, usually yeah, yeah. like you go kind of on the ball on this like like it didn't even feel like the acting was was like they even bothered like it felt like some people turned up on the day read the script and was like yeah let's go um that's probably what happened <laughs> yeah it might be you know it might be <laughs> But um, yeah, I can't recommend Boxing Day to you. Um, sorry, listeners. I, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend you watch it at all. It's it's not great. Um, but yeah, there's a couple of others I've got as well. There's one called uh, The Last Tree as well, 
um, again, it's kind of similar thing to uh, the, the first movie in that it's a kid who who grows up in, I think, in Lincolnshire or somewhere like that, um, and then kind of moves to to London and and is kind of dealing with the culture shock of of going from the countryside to London um, uh, as a black kid. Um, and also trying to kind of reconnect with his family's roots in, in Nigeria as well. Mm. Um, and yeah, again, it sounds interesting. So I'll, I'll get around to watching that at some point. And that's got really good reviews as well. So um, so I'll check that one out. But um, yeah, yeah, I've just been trying to do a bit of that. Uh, so yeah, I said watch Raging Fire. And um, oh, and I've also been uh, watching a few. I've been doing a, a kind of mini series called Shiro's, um, which has been like kind of movies that I've been recommending to people that have been uh that star uh, women in the leading roles and are yeah. genre movies so generally it started out like kind of action but you know, I've kind of branched it out slightly a little bit um so for that I was watching uh, another movie called uh, Sister Street Fighter okay okay which is um I don't know if you are familiar at all with uh the Street Fighter series of, of movies which uh yeah, starred Sonny Chiba. Sonny Chiba. yeah 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 so this was the first spin-off from that series um and it kind of launched uh the career of the the, the main actress uh Etsuko Shiomi and um, she was kind of like somebody who was actually training at the right hand of Sonny Chiba, both in terms of martial arts and acting. So was kind of learning uh, beside him whilst he was doing the Street Fighter series. Um, so they, the Tohei company then kind of were like, OK, well, let's, you know, spin off and, and make a movie uh, for her. So they basically made this as a, as a, as a starring vehicle for her. Um, and the movie's just just fantastic, bro. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Like well, I love well, kind of like seventies exploitation movies. So whether it's black exploitation, whether it's like stuff like this, um, like uh, you know, all, all of those kind of all exploitative horror from the seventies. Like there's just a real vibe that, to the stuff that comes from the seventies. There's there's a kind of revolutionary spirit with it, mm. and like everything that comes out of that era just has that same kind of feeling and that same funky soundtrack and and dodgy camera angles and weird editing yeah. and you know I love all of that like to me that that kind of stuff is it's not you know it's not errors it, it adds to the charm of the movie experience yeah. to me personality yeah exactly it gives it some personality and stuff and um and Sister Street Fighter is a really good example of that because it's just like violence casual nudity um you know uh swearing um random bits where it goes from Japanese to English to Japanese to Chinese to English, like just all kinds of mad stuff going on. So it's like, you know, it's definitely that kind of pulpy uh, type of movie that, that you'd want to watch. You can see how much like films like this are the things that kind of influenced uh, Quentin Tarantino when he was making Kill Bill. Um, yeah. And you can see it all over, especially with this and the previous film that I recommended, uh, Foxy Brown. Uh, the black exploitation movie with um, Pam Greer in the lead. Uh, basically, like if you watch those two movies back to back, you will one hundred percent understand why pa- Tarantino makes his films the way he does. Because it's just like that—that's where he get. You can see it. That's where he gets all of his ideas, his energy from. It all comes from from there. Um, but Sister Street Fighter is is definitely worth a watch, man. If as I said if you like the the kind of exploitation stuff like I do, then um, yeah, I would definitely recommend you you check that one out. Man. Cool.
Okay, well, um, what we're going to do is uh, Alva and I are just going to give you our thoughts on uh, a few stories that have been kind of bubbling around in, in the news and stuff. So um, we'll dive right in uh, straight away to some things. Uh, one of the big talking points at, at this point was that we got finally our first look at uh, a teaser trailer for the upcoming Marvel Studios big budget blockbuster for Love and Thunder. Uh, the trailer did like stupid numbers within the first 24 hours. Like, uh, do you know how much it ended on in the end for the first 24 no, hours? No, no idea. Because I think it was <clears throat> something along the lines of 200 million views or something wow. like that within 24 hours. Bloody hell. Yeah, so it was like bonkers, <laughs> like really bonkers numbers. So clearly the world is is ready for um, a bit more for Love and Thunder. Um, I was kind of jazzed as, as soon as I saw the because I wasn't expecting it either. Um, I no. know some people in the industry who I follow on Twitter were kind of saying, yeah, expect the trailer to come at some point this week because, um, you know, Doctor Strange is approaching. So, you know, expect it. But but I wasn't expecting anything, like, because we've had to wait so long for it anyway. I was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. But, um, yeah, it just kind of dropped out of nowhere. So, like, when did you hear the news when it dropped? Oh, it must have been, like, it definitely was within the first 20 to 30 minutes. And already then it was, like, in the hundreds of thousands. Mm. Um, and, yeah, that, that's when I saw it and straight away hopped on, did a video about it, like, downloaded it, and then... I think I watched it before doing my video on it. Um, and and yeah, you know, you know, it's it's a decent trailer, but I'm not excited for anything in it so far. Mm. Uh, just because I know I know they're really just setting the mood and that and that's fine. Uh seeing uh Jane Foster as the Mighty Four, I, I wasn't I, I wasn't I wasn't buzzing to see Natalie Portman back. Not because I don't like her, but just because I'm not attached to the Mighty Four. Um which is the Jane Jane Foster Thor from the comics from a few years ago. Um, but it, it's, it could be cool, but there's nothing that made me go, wow. You know what I mean? Like some of the other Marvel trades that come out, you see stuff in there and you go, wow, I can't wait to see it. Whereas I just went, well, I'm obviously going to see this, but I'm not really excited for anything in it. Probably the thing I'm excited for the most is more Korg. <laughs> that's that's mm. probably it for me. <laughs> and the Guardians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was, um, I liked the trailer, obviously. I was like, yeah, that's that's fun. Um, I wasn't blown away, same as you, because um, I just didn't think it, it literally gave us the bare minimum yeah. <laughs> that they could give us, uh, which is which is fine. It, it is perfectly understandable why they would do that. Um, you know, they, they don't want to uh, show their hand too early, and I get it. Um, I do think there's a balance though. And I think when you compare it to say the teaser trailer we got for, for Ragnarok, there, oh, there God, felt yeah. like there was much more substance there. Mm. Um, even but, though, again, they, they, they certainly didn't spoil the movie in the teaser trailer, but they gave you a bit more substance. Whereas this one, apart from the mighty four reveal, I don't think there was much there. Um, with, mm. with this trader really it was a good sizzle reel is is what i would say it, it gives you like like well, a, a bit of a, yeah you know it was a good bit of like flavor for for what the movie is going to be but that's pretty much it um the mighty four yeah i was kind of cooked that i was pleased to see that um obviously we knew it was we all knew it was coming because they they mentioned it two years ago but um uh, yeah, you know, I was um, kind of pleased to see that. I, I'm not overly attached to the character personally, but yeah. I, I read a lot of um, 
well not a lot but i read a bit of the new avengers um mm. when marvel did their all new all different uh kind of reboot um so i know a bit about the the character but not a massive amount um probably the person who knows more would be rich because uh, he yeah, read yeah, yeah. a lot of like uh jason aaron's uh, mighty yeah. four run and, and things like that which this movie is is uh, based on but I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, like you, obviously, I'm going to go see it. Like, there's yeah. not a world where I'm not going to go see this. Like, it, it's clear I will. But I just didn't think it was, you know, kind of like, it. same as you, it didn't blow my socks off. I wasn't like, oh, my yeah. God, like, look at this. This is wild. Like, no, I didn't have that. It was just kind of like, okay, cool. Looks good. Uh, it's kind of what I would expect from Taika Waititi, given what he did with with Thor Ragnarok, it, it's all kind of the things that I would expect to see. So, um, so yeah, fine, good. I'm on board. Uh, yeah, roll on uh, July. Is it when's it out? Is it July? Yeah, it's July. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's literally what we're in May now, isn't it? So well, so we're in May. So two yeah, months away. it's two months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bloody hell, it's crackers, isn't it? It's so close. <laughs> Usually, you get a trailer like around six months before a film comes out, whereas mm. this one's like. We, we only got it what in April, wasn't it? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's almost like half the time <laughs> before the film comes out, we're actually seeing anything about it. But it's it's that's obviously due to Marvel's release schedule, and you don't want to show something before you've shown something else because then that will take away from you. They, they've got such a hard job to kind of like market all this stuff. Yeah, very true. Very true. Yeah, it, it's not easy at all. So. Yeah, I don't know how they're, they're, they're going to do all of that, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, it's a tricky one. But yeah, we're ready for uh, for Love and Thunder listeners. I assume you all are too. Um, you're probably all thinking, how oh, comes you guys ain't more hype? And it's like, well, I, I guess that's just how it is, man. Because <laughs> we're old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're old, mate. We're old and tired. <laughs> but um, yeah, let us know your thoughts as well on uh, For Love and Thunder. We'll uh, have some contact information for you at the end of the podcast. So stay tuned and listening to find out how you can get in touch with us. Uh, we'd love to have a conversation with you about it and to hear your views. Uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit about uh, something else as well that I've been enjoying um, recently, again, from Marvel, and that is Moon Knight. Um, hey. You know, the the series, uh, I guess we'll have to probably do like a proper deep dive review and stuff once um, the final episode is, is done. Um, but I've really enjoyed Moon Knight. I've yeah. really enjoyed it. I, it's funny, like I, somebody was asking me the other day you know um was saying oh you know you know i think moon knight is the best of the marvel shows yeah and i was like you know it's weird because i don't know it's like it tends to change with everyone that comes out <laughs> like I, yeah yeah, you know, yeah does it never stays one the comes same, out and you go oh yeah that one's definitely the best and then the next one comes <laughs> out like, no 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 this one's definitely the best um, but Moon Knight, I've really enjoyed. I've really, really enjoyed Moon Knight. And I will hold my hands up and say Moon Knight is a character I n- knew nothing about really going yeah. into um, the series. I, I, I kind of, I read a little bit of Jeff Lemire's run and literally only because I used to, um, I used to borrow the graphic novels um, from the library and, and, and read it that way. But like literally that, that's about it. I don't really know anything else beyond that i know that like a bit about the um the asylum 
plot and, and things like that. But otherwise, yeah, I, I knew nothing about New Night. So I was happy to just walk in blind and, and just, you know, deal with everything on face value. And um, yeah, it was like amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Oscar Isaac's Cockney accent really took me a while to get used to. I won't lie. <laughs> like he was yeah. properly taking me out of the show for a minute. And I was like, this is this is really great in <laughs> as somebody who's from London. Like this is great in to hear because it's so clearly not a Cockney accent. But then yeah. when you realise that he's created this this persona who is a Cockney, then it makes sense that the Cockney accent wouldn't be accurate because it's the persona of somebody who who think like this is what they think a Cockney accent yeah. is. So like it it all kind of makes sense, you know. But um, yeah, I've loved Moonlight absolutely loved it but i mean what, what have you been kind of enjoying of, of moonlight so far really yeah it's it's you know it's a, it's a really good show like i like the fact that i i thought it was gonna be like your standard superheroics kind of thing with a bit of like mind bendy stuff in there mm. but weirdly it's like a drama about a broken man with some fantasy elements thrown in like we've got we've gotten more of mark out of the suit than we have in and it's only been probably a few minutes for a few episodes where he's actually in the suit mm. doing any kind of like generic marvel stuff and um and yeah i do think it it is the best one so far um just just for it feels fresh and it feels like it hasn't sagged in the middle like most of the shows mm. tend to sag in the middle especially like when you think of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, for example, that's a good one where you can go, yo, it really did sag in the middle and then kind of comes up again by the end, but just about. Yeah. This hasn't had that. And I think it's probably due to the the episode um, length um, and the amount of episodes we're getting, which yeah. is six. So they're able to be like really concise with things that just get, get straight to the point. And yeah, I've, I've never felt it's just been keeping his hanging just to keep his hanging because we've got to get through 10 10 or more episodes or whatever. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's been uh it's been really good. Yeah, Oscar Isaac's accent. I, I think I got used to it quite quickly. Um obviously I'm familiar with the London accent, well your London accents, because there's more than one, uh, just because I lived there for for some years a long time ago. And um and yeah, it, it, it took me a while to get used to it as well, but then I kind of just accepted it as it is what it is. It's not like he sounds like Dick Van Dyke. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah I was expecting, <laughs> I was expecting a bit more action. Like I thought I'd see more action of like Mark doing things, mm. um, but there's there's not been a lot of that either. But but yeah, I've kind of liked where it's gone. I hear the last episode is only like forty minutes, but as long as you know the type story things nicely, forty minutes I feel is all they need, unless they mess it up. Mm. Mm. So, no I agree I agree with you 100% I don't think like yeah I know some people are freaking out about that because apparently yeah it's 42 minutes or something like that and it's like it's the shortest episode ever and like <laughs> but it's like it doesn't really matter as long as they yeah. tie up their their loose ends in an effective way then you know that, that's fine um I think people are freaking out because they don't they're, they're like oh my god this series is ending already because it's gone it it's actually feels like yeah. this is kind of breezed through like this this series yeah. really quickly but again it's probably as you said because there hasn't been that lag in the middle it's just kind of gone straight through if if you know what I mean they've kept mm, an even tempo totally. and an even pace 
uh, throughout with with the the story. So, yeah, it, it makes sense. But um, I, I think you, yeah, what you said is spot on about it being kind of almost this character study dressed around a superhero show. Yeah. Um, in terms of you know this understanding of of uh, Mark Spector and um, the DID that he has and how DID has kind of shaped his life and um you know you only really get like a couple of appearances of him in the suit like you don't really it's not really about him running around you know superheroing in in the suit yeah. it's about him trying to repair his fractured mind in 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 some way you know and, and come to terms with what he is um and yeah it's been fascinating absolutely fascinating to to watch it really um, and I love anything that's kind of like a, a mystery and an enigma. I mean, that's what kind of drew me in with WandaVision was like, I love all of yeah. that kind of stuff where it's it's a bit vague as to what's going on at first and things like that. I love that kind of mysteries and stuff. So, and that's, you know, I've got strong vibes of, of, of that with Moon Knight. So um, yeah, I, I've really, really enjoyed Moon Knight. Really enjoyed it. Uh, would you say it's the, the the best Marvel show you've seen so far? Uh, yeah, I kind of have to give it to it for those for the same reasons that I said earlier. Mm. Um, like I've been trying to like because I was asked this uh, online as well, and I was trying to rack my brain thinking about it. Going, is it is it the best one? Can I include it even though it's not finished? Uh, and yeah, I just came to the cl- conclusion that I, I kind of had to because, like you were saying, it's a character study. A lot of the times for character studies, we have to at least like wait a bit. Like Iron Man three being a ca- character study. Thor mm. Ragnarok as well, uh, being a character study. It's like, what's Thor without his hammer? What's Iron Man without the suit? You know what I mean? So it's not often that we get those. I guess you could say in a way, Spider-Man No Way Home was as well, at least by the end. Mm. Um, it felt like that, but not as much as those other two examples. But yeah, the fact that this is a character study straight for a character that, A, not a lot of people are familiar with. Even people like me and you who read comics, we know the basics of Mark Spector as Moon Knight, but we don't know kind of like the ins and outs. Somehow it's fine for them to do that as a character study straight away somehow and everyone's fine with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Agreed, definitely. And um, yeah, I think I'd have to put it as my favourite as well, to be honest. Yeah. I think I would. There's, there's not a lot of reasons why you couldn't. Like, No, what? yeah, because I'm just trying to think, like, what would be the cons? Like, what would be the yeah. reasons why I wouldn't put it there? And... Yeah, it's a very small list. I can't really think of a lot of things that I I was like, oh, I'm not really feeling that. Like it, it's yeah, it's all kind of it's all working. So like everything's yeah. working. So you know, as long as they don't mess the bed on, on the final episode, then yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure that Moon Knight will go down as as my favorite one. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, listeners, um, as said, let, let us know what your thoughts are as well on Moon Knight and if you've been enjoying it. Um. Yeah, let us know. Get in touch, man. We'd love to have a conversation with you about it. And uh, when the finale uh, finally airs on Wednesday this week, then we'll definitely have uh, another podcast. We'll get together and have a chat about that and um, have a spoilers discussion and see where that leads us um, in terms of the NCU. How have you found it to, because they've said that this is like the most standalone one of, of the MCU TV shows that they've done so far. Um, that this one doesn't really connect itself to the MCU. But we've got quite a few MCU references in the last episode, though. So I was like, oh, well, they, you kind of made some quite big ones as well. Like, So, um, you know, how, how do you feel that this episode stands alone? Do you, do you think the, the series kind of stands 
alone in the way that they've said it does or do you think there's more connective tissue than they're letting on um i, I don't mind like i've obviously mentioned the ancestral plane which i just i just had flashes to black panther right then i was like oh my god you know mm. what i mean and i wasn't expecting that but I, I like those kind of little things rather than kind of like the bigger ones like you know like in daredevil where they mentioned like oh a guy in an iron suit a guy with the magic hammer you know I mean it's Stuff like that's some more like obvious stuff. Whereas this, because if you think about your average person, they might not even remember the ancestral plane. Mm-hmm. So the what the might not make that connection. It is for the people who have been paying attention. Um, but yeah, I, I like how standalone it is, and I like how you don't have to have seen anything else. Like they haven't even mentioned the snap. I'm pretty sure they haven't mentioned that at any point or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I like the fact that it kind of is its own thing and it doesn't have to be connected to the Avengers. It is connected to in the wider Marvel universe is kind of loose in a way and just kind of there in the background, so to speak. I like mm. that. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I, I like the fact that there isn't that, um, there isn't too much of a, of a, connection to the the MCU because it I think whilst it's great most of the time I think sometimes there can be issues where it becomes almost too um too beholden to the the groundwork that they've laid out beforehand Mm. and that kind of hinders the story they're trying to tell so yeah so yeah generally speaking I think it's not a a bad thing that um they, they keep those things separate really in, in that instance and just make kind of subtle references as you said like referencing the ancestral plane and things like that you know that's cool but um yeah otherwise i would be like you know let's just um keep it keep it light and keep it fresh yeah. well cool as said listeners we will um definitely come back to moon Knight as that series ends and we'll give you our we'll deep dive into like kind of spoilers discussion and stuff like that and um yeah we'll we'll give you our, our full-on thoughts onto that okay uh so oh yeah we've got to tackle this one as well um so as you probably know listeners by now um we are kind of big fans of, of netflix here of the netflix service and and um you know the products that they put out uh, we've done various kinds of reviews and recommendations for for Netflix things, and you know, in general, as I said we're we're fans of the service and and the company, I guess, in terms of what it does. Uh, however, Netflix has had some serious problems recently, as you've probably heard. Uh, they had a massive, massive problem with uh, losing subscribers. They've also had issues with their stock price falling and profits falling uh and they've proposed a number of different things to try and combat this they're they're saying that um they're going to introduce new pricing tiers uh so that there'll be a cheaper pricing tier that um has uh, ads included in it as well uh which i think is is going to fund the the price decrease or, or the price cut um, amongst other things as well, there's a few other kind of ideas that they floated around and, and things like that. I think they're talking about adding a gaming service and things like that <laughs> to Netflix as well at some point um, and various different things. But yeah, Netflix is in real trouble, folks. Um, it, it's a real problem. One of the things that 
the, well, yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure you read this, Alf, but, you know, one of the things they were blaming early on was password sharing. Yeah, um, yeah. And they were saying, oh, you know, it's sort of password sharing is the reason that we've lost all this money. Um, and it's funny because like a load of like analysts came out and were like, no, those maths don't add up. It's not password <laughs> sharing. Like That does not account for the amount of money you've lost in terms of um, stock on, on, on Wall Street. And, you know, I'm not a banker, so I'm not going to pretend I understand like how Wall Street works and, and what kind of things they're looking for. But, you know, I can certainly give my 10 pence from just based on my, you know, man in the street experience as to why I think Netflix is, is having some problems. But Alv, when you first heard this story, I mean, what were your thoughts? Were you kind of surprised to hear Netflix was struggling so much? Yeah. Cause they're, they're the leader in, in that industry. It's, it's everyone else who's second, third and fourth place, for example. So yeah, hearing that kind of surprised me because if, if these are the industry leaders, then how come they're getting beat by the other guys? You know what I mean? Like, what's what's so special about them? Like, their services kind of copies Netflix, really, because Netflix is, like, the standard. But, but yeah, hearing it was just weird. Hearing that they wanted to do kind of, like, an ads tier as well. Hearing that they're going to jack up the price of some of the other subscriptions and that, I was just like, that's going to make more people leave. Like, I already know people are like, yeah, come this day, I'm actually cancelling my subscription to Netflix. Mm. And I'm just like... I think part of the reason also is when you think of, you know, your Disney, your HBO Max being Warner or the Warner stuff, and you've got your Paramount Plus stuff as well. All, all that stuff that would have been on Netflix at some point is now not going to be there. And it's slowly, all that stuff is slowly coming away from there. So it's kind of like, what will Netflix have other than, well, I guess some foreign TV shows that are Netflix exclusives because they've got the rights to those and all that. And they're Netflix originals. But the thing with Netflix originals is that they are, aren't always of the highest quality, especially if it's like a, a, a movie or some kind of action TV series or whatever. Like, what will they have left? What is the reason now for people to come to Netflix? It used to be that everything was there, but now everything's not there and it's mainly just going to be Netflix stuff now. Mm. So, so where's what's the draw? We don't have to... If I want to see Princesses, I'm not going to come to Disney. I mean, I'm not going to come to Netflix. I'm going to go to Disney. You know mm. I mean, if you want to see the Justice League, I'm not going to go and all the other DC Warner cartoons and stuff like that. I'm not going to go to Netflix. I'm going to go to HBO Max. You know what I mean? If I want to see all the Star Treks that I'm in, living in the US, I'll go to Paramount Plus. Whereas if I'm in the UK, if I want to see the new season of Discovery, I'll go to Pluto TV. I don't even know if that many people in the UK know Pluto TV exists, but that's where Star Trek is. And, the, and somehow Netflix in the UK lost it. Uh, and mm. I don't know what the fuck you, like what you're doing like i don't understand <laughs> like put your best foot forward you should have kept star trek i personally don't watch star trek discovery anymore but there's plenty of other trekkies that gladly pay for netflix in order just to watch that show so mm. so what are you playing at how are you losing all your content what are you going to do to fix this stranger things isn't going to be around forever we've mm. got the second to last series coming this year and then we're doing the last series after that what are you going to have for your backup how do you how are you going to keep on going you've got to get the best people to create the best things otherwise that platform's going to fail mm-hmm. yeah man it's just it's wild it's really really wild i mean like looking at it as said from my perspective when i saw the news i was like my god like that's madness but then on the other hand like i started thinking and i was like you know what it's not a surprise it's really not a surprise because um 
number one, as you mentioned, the um, it, there's increased competition now. Like it's not just Netflix anymore. It's Netflix, Disney Plus, um, you know, uh, Paramount Plus, yeah. um, Discovery. HBO, well, no, we don't have HBO in America. No, we well, we don't have it here, we but don't. they have it. Yeah, but in America they do, yeah. Um, but, I mean, even in the UK, Amazon as well. Is yeah, a, Amazon, yeah. Man. Competitor. Apple is is massive in the UK. Yeah. It's really, really popular in the UK. Um, so, you know, they, they've got, like, serious competition now. Um, so it's not just them who, who get, like, the rights to all of these shows now. You know, now all of these studios are, are starting to build their own um, streaming services and their own houses for, for this content. They're going to start pulling it all back, as you said. So, you know, Paramount are going to say, yeah, cheers for that and take their Star Trek back. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, and that's it. That's their, that's Netflix is exclusive to, to Star Trek Discovery God. So, yeah. you know, what, what else are they going to replace that with? So, so yeah, I mean, number one, way too much competition. Number two, the prices are a problem. You can't keep putting the price up all the time no. and expect people to just go with it. And especially not now as well. We're yeah, cost of in living. one of, yeah, we're in a, a cost of living crisis that is global at the moment. It's affecting everyone. And like people just can't afford it. People are going to start making decisions and going, okay, well, like it's either I keep this or I keep this. Um, or you know, I pay my light bill, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, well, I got to pay my light bill, so you know, see you later, Netflix. So um, you know that you can't keep pushing the price up during uh, that period. It's it's not going to work. Um, but some other things I discovered as well is that you know they apparently Netflix just overspend like crazy on on things. Like they pay. I mean, I don't know if you heard. Well, I'm sure you did, but like Stranger Things, the forthcoming season. Apparently they spent 30 million an episode. You know what's crazy? I read somewhere that an episode of the Mandalorian, Mandalorian only cost 15 million. Yeah. Yeah. So how in the Yeah, F I've read that. Before. Like, yeah. What? Yeah. You're telling me Mandalorian looks like yeah. a movie and it costs yeah. half the amount of an episode Do of you Stranger know, Things. Um things like Loki and um Falcon and the Winter Soldier cost like eleven million an episode. How did they manage that? Eleven well, million you know an what? episode. I think I th Wait, how much? Eleven million. Mm. How like uh, okay? How how are Marvel and Disney doing that? Like, mm. are they so good at budgeting that they're may able to make almost cinematic shows for that amount? And why cannot Netflix do that? What are they doing that so wrong? Are yeah. they just weeing money up the wall? Who knows? They they're seriously overspending though, because people are just. And then when I think about it, think of like the relationship they have with Zack Snyder. Think of how much they paid him first and foremost to to come over to Netflix. Yeah. Secondly, look at how much money they poured into Army of the Dead. They poured money into that. Like really? it, it was yeah, it was close to hundred million they they spent on Army of the Dead. Like it, it was madness, like absolute madness. So Netflix has been like overspending for for ages. They've been giving like money away to. They've been like paying loads of money to other executives as well to pinch like executives from different companies and stuff. Because apparently they've they've had like they've um, headhunted people from like Viacom and um, 
uh, where else did they get someone from from Paramount I think or someone like okay. that an ex-Paramount director or, or, or executive has gone over to Netflix recently as well for big money and so yeah they've been like kind of headhunting and, and, and scouring up and talents and paying a lot of money for these talents um, and people have said that they've overpaid basically that they've paid too much money yeah. For these yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree to be honest. Well, that money really should just go into the development of things, and mm. they just need to get whether it's in the West, whether it's in Asia as well, because we've got like a lot of original Asian programming as well, like a lot of East a lot of Korean and Japanese stuff and stuff like that. They just need to get the best people to make the best stuff. That's mm. all they need to do. Like people want a certain amount of quality. Like that Netflix when they started doing originals should have always focused on the quality. So, But quality isn't attached to Netflix originals. It's only no. attached to certain things, but as a whole, like, with, you know what you're getting with Disney, you know what you're getting with Warner, Discovery, HBO, whatever you want to call them now, you know what you're getting with Paramount. You, you don't, you can get anything with Netflix. Yeah. Some things may be good, some things may be bad, some things may be all right. Like, remember when films like that, Project Power, when that came out, for example, Great concept. You take a pill that gives you superpower, but the execution of that film was not very good. No, it could no, have been great. You know what yeah. I mean? It was a good concept, but the film as a whole was just, and it's just stuff like there's, they've done things where it could have been great, but there's something lacking in the way that they did said film. And they just kind of go, right, I just kind of wasted my time. Here. Mm. You know what I mean? And mm. nobody wants that at the end of the day. Like, but that's why Disney works and even Amazon works to an extent as well. It's not as bad with Amazon because people are paying for Prime and getting that as an extra. You know, well, what I mean? it's not yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... That's another thing that that I I actually read online. Somebody pointed this out. I can't remember who it was now where, where I read it, and I thought, yeah, that's a bloody good point. Like when you look at Netflix's competitors they're all they all have something else as well yeah so they have yeah. like like you said there's amazon you get amazon prime with it right so you've got amazon prime the shipping service which which is the main business that's the thing mm. they want to drive you towards um and by the way we've also got this video streaming things so come check this out you know yeah. apple are a tech company primarily but you know they've said oh but by the way did you know we do like movie streaming as well here like as you've just bought your new shiny iphone or your ipad yeah. why don't you sign up for this. like six months of, of this and get this <laughs> yeah. as well you know disney everybody knows disney disney's a behemoth they've got you yeah. know fingers in in various different pies Star Wars, Marvel. yeah so it's just like oh by the way did you know we've also got this streaming service now Mm. um you know and and so on and so forth you know paramount peacock they've all got other things they're doing um whereas you look at netflix and really what have they got <laughs> apart from yeah. you know their movies and tv shows that's it like they're, they're essentially a film studio um so you know they're gonna have to start operating like that and 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 start behaving like a film studio making film studio decisions um so yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they they go from here. I'm I'm not sure how well this ad revenue um, tier that they're creating is is going to work, but you know we'll we'll, we'll have to. I, wait. I can tell you now, I don't I wouldn't want to pay for something that showed me ads. You know what I mean? I, I go on I go on YouTube and I get ads, and I'm like, well, it's YouTube. I yeah. wouldn't pay for a service. I was like, yeah, we're going to show you ads as well. It's like. Am I a clown? <laughs> like, <laughs> am I just doing something really stupid? You know what I mean? I don't understand that. I don't get it. Unless the ads are going to be for like other Netflix 
things. Like, you know how it does on Prime, where you truck watch something and it gives you a little ad for a show on Prime first? Mm. Cool, I guess. You know what I mean? You should do something like that. But if they're, like, showing me, I don't know, some vacuum cleaner or something and there's, like, three minutes before I get to see the thing, nah, nah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't see that going down particularly well either, but yeah we'll we'll just have to wait and see i guess and and see what happens on that front but yeah strange but um folks let us know what you do with your netflix are you keeping it are you getting rid um are you surprised to hear about netflix having these struggles um yeah let us know what you think man we're, we're definitely keen to hear your thoughts on that one uh, now, one more big news story to discuss, uh, and that, of course, is the purchase of Warner Brothers Entertainment by Discovery. Uh, Discovery, essentially, well, it's not even called Warner Brothers Entertainment. It's called Warner Brothers Media now, and, and Discovery okay. have effectively purchased all of Warner Brothers Media. Um, so that means, apparently, that there will be some structural changes around DC Entertainment as the in other words, the DC comics and, and DC movies and DC TV. Um, one of the things they're apparently doing at the moment, the new uh, CEO of, of Warner Brothers Discovery is a guy called David Zaslav, and he's been talking a lot to like, kind of the industry trade and things like that. And apparently they're looking for somebody to, to head up a new kind of DC uh, entertainment division. Um, what they're looking for, and, and Variety kind of gives a quote here, and it says they're looking for candidates with experience in creating and nurturing blockbuster intellectual property with a goal of potentially finding someone to serve as a creative and strategic czar, similar to what Marvel has in Kevin Feige. <laughs> so essentially, they're, they're basically, yeah, they're looking for a DC Kevin Feige. And then Zaslav is um, especially interested in, quote, it says, quote, someone who has the type of business background needed to keep all the different factions at DC working more harmoniously. So clearly, um, Zaslav has, has been aware of what's been going on with uh, DC, particularly DC movies and, and how... Um, quite often the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing um and clearly they they want to they want to up their game when it comes to you know having a a, a, a universe a, a franchise based universe um much like the mcu that intertwines and interconnects with you know various characters crossing paths and, and things like that um, now, I suppose that would be easy to do if you were starting from scratch. Uh, unfortunately, they're not starting from scratch because DC are already halfway down the road um, with a lot of their movies. And they've got a problem in that one of their biggest movies, uh, the Flash movie, features an actor in Ezra Miller who's probably going to end up in prison at some point <laughs> the way that uh, they are carrying on at the moment. So... Yeah, they've got lots of um, issues to deal with there. I don't know how they're, they're going to sort this out. But Alvin, <laughs> what, what, what advice would you give to um, Mr. Zazalev uh, as, as, as to uh, getting DC's house in order? Well, he's, he's already started, man. Like, he's cancelled both Batwoman and Legends of Tomorrow. So those, those shows are gone now. They don't exist anymore. Um, I either want to sell off the CW, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I reckon they're, they're really trying to cut things that aren't, well, cutting the mustard, you know what I mean? So, like, this this whole kind of film internet interconnectivity thing, they want their own Kevin Feige and all this kind of business. 
that's like asking for a miracle, man, in my opinion. I think Kevin Faye is one in, one of a kind. You know, he did his time working on like other projects with other people and he had the knowledge and then, well, he kind of had a dream and, you know, the rest is history, I suppose. And look at, look at where he is now. You can't have that again. You can't repeat the same thing. DC did have something in Zack Snyder, but it wasn't like Kevin Feige. He, wanted to, he knew what he wanted to do and how he wanted the story to progress and all that. But how you, you're going to start that all over again fresh from the beginning? Like, you're going to reboot everything? I, I, I really don't know if they can do it. I really mm. don't. I, I have no idea if they can actually do it. Because they had something, but it wasn't as perfect of what, as what Marvel has. And that's not even me talking about the quality of the movies. It's just talking about the idea to do this, this, and this, and then we'll end up with a team-up. Mm. You know what I mean? And then we'll have another team-up in this next phase and another one in this one as well. And we've got new characters that we'll introduce and then da 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 you know what I mean? None of that. So I don't, I don't know how it can play out for them. I, I don't know how long it will take for them to do this. And will we, get, will we have a separate new TV universe? You know what I mean? And then a different film universe. I, I really have no idea, but all I know is that they're going to cut the dead weight and, well, yeah, those, those CW shows, like, yeah, I'm sure The Flash is going to be next at some point. You know what I mean? Well, didn't they say that's going to end by season eight, I think they said? or is it, What season they on now? Uh, I can't remember to be honest, mate. So I've I always lost track that. of the flesh now, but yeah, um, but, I, but I do recall them reading re- fairly recently that they're going to pull the plug on the flesh by um, season eight. I think yeah, they probably should, to be honest, because it's, it's been on TV way too long now. And mm. well, I guess they can keep Superman and Lois because people are enjoying that yeah. on HBO Max and they're showing yeah. on the BBC as well over here, in it. Mm. So, um, so yeah. yeah, but now it's weird, and the whole that Ezra Miller thing, I don't. Bro, like I'm hit dashing chairs, you know, <laughs> darts, going into random bedrooms. <laughs> like it's it's it sounds funny, but I'm also like, Yo, I yeah, I mean, I'm laughing. Like, it's it's not funny. It, it really yeah, because um, because it, it's just like, bro, why is no one getting you help in mm. your camp, in your people, your entourage, whatever you want to call them? Why is no one getting you help? And you've got this film coming out. It's not coming out this year, and it's coming out next year now, isn't it? Yeah, and. Like, hopefully you're sober by then and, and whatnot, but if you don't fix up, I don't think there'll be a, a film universe to come to. In fact, that movie could reboot it all, but I've, I've heard rumours that they're going to go, you know, do Supergirl movie, a new Supergirl movie. Oh, yeah, they've got a Batwoman movie coming as well. I don't know. I don't know how this is all going to... Because if that Batgirl movie is... Like, I don't... Yo, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just thinking about all the de- stuff DC have and I'm just kind of like bro what like I don't know how the Batgirl is this a new universe is this connected to the Flash or not like what's going on what's going on Jay <laughs> well I can tell you like there are some things that are already kind of in the can so to speak so there's okay. um Black Adam is done oh um, God, I even forgot about that she's like, on two as well yes so they're doing the post-production on Black Adam, um, but that I think has been pushed back now to 2023. Uh, oh, it was due out this year. Um, but yeah, that won't be out to 2023. Shazam Fury of the Gods is, I think, coming out this year. Sweet. Um, so we will get that. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom is coming out next year. 
The Flash is due out next year and Batgirl is due out next year, although Batgirl, I think, is a HBO Max exclusive, so I don't think that's going to to cinemas. I think it's just for HBO Max. Um, But, yeah, I mean, in terms of... You kind of summed it up there, really. Like, it's just (laughs) confusion, isn't it? Like, there's so many different moving parts. And, you know, what are you doing with with all of these parts? I I, I don't know. Um, In terms of them trying to find somebody to replicate what Kevin Feige does, well, yes, I mean, on paper, that sounds like a good idea. But as said, you're already so far down the road that effectively, if you want to to do that, if you want to bring somebody in now to oversee everything, you're going to have to essentially draw a line under all of this stuff that you've invested in and start again like that that's the only way to do it like you can't have somebody come in halfway through what you know for the various different strategies that you've been following for these different properties and then expect them to suddenly you know tie everything together for you in a nice neat bow it's it's not going to happen you're going to have to start again and and as you said the the flash movie it sounds like it was introducing the idea of of the multiverse and and um, multiversal characters and, and things like that. So it could have been an opportunity, I guess, to reboot in in that way. But you know, when the star of the movie is 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 having as many issues as they're having, then you know where where does that leave your movie? I I don't know. Like as I said to Rich the other day in a private conversation, it was like like how are they going to do marketing if he's in court or in jail? Because oh, like Keaton. you know, be they, there's criminal charges that have been brought against him. Like mm-hmm. like how? He, so that means he has to go to court. So if he's if he's found guilty, they're going to send him to jail. Like they will send him to prison. That that that's how it goes. And then what? Yeah, like I said, how are you going to market your movie? Like so, I I really don't know <laughs> what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, I stand by the the thing that um. Uh, Christopher Marcus and, and um, Stephen McFeely were saying the two writers who wrote um, uh, Captain America movies and they wrote Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. Um, they said, you know, get one right, basically. Like start from start from scratch, get one right. Like get it right. Nail the characters, nail the story, yeah. nail what you're trying to do, get it right. And then once you've got that right, take a look at the landscape and see where you are and then go from there. But until you get one right, you can't, you cannot do this. Like you, you can't. Um, and it's a shame. Cause I like, for me, you know, my favorite DCEU movie is um, Shazam. The, the first yeah, Shazam. I, I think that movie is fantastic. I really yeah. do. Uh, and it start and it sets up the, the DCEU in such a good way in so many yeah. good ways like they, they could have used that movie as their their launch pad for for building a new dceu and instead they just i don't know <laughs> let's not relitigate yeah. all of that again because then that will get me oh. ranting about Zack Snyder again so yeah let me not <laughs> go there but um you know it it it, it for me that was like the perfect opportunity and and they could have done it like they could have had the the henry cavill like cameo at the end and instead they they didn't and it was kind of cute the way they did it in the end but but it Mm. was a missed opportunity like they could have had henry cavill feature there as superman and really kind of tie things together and you know it just would have would have made so much sense and they just didn't do it they just didn't do it because there was just too many people 
you know, all trying to pull off in their own direction, too many executives, you know, with, with too many opinions all kind of interfering with, with different things. And, and yeah. that's why it's never kind of taken off. But anyway, we, we wait and see what uh, Discovery uh, plan to do with the, all of these characters. They're saying that they're, um, that they feel that, you know, top shelf characters such as Superman have been left to languish and, and need to be revitalized. Um, I mean, I don't think Superman has been left to languish as such. No. I just think it's just Henry Cavill been... hasn't give, been given his own movie, has he? No, no, he just not he been given one. his own movie. You know, he had <laughs> yeah. one and then that was it. Like <laughs> Wonder Woman got a second movie before him, for God's sake. It's like, yeah. Like, you know, like Aquaman will get a sequel before. Superman oh God. Does. Yeah. Like, and Shazam. Yeah, you know, Shazam's getting a sequel before Superman. Jesus. Does. So, um, you know, it, it, yeah, it's a bit of a mess, really. But yeah, I guess we we wait and see what kind of happens with that, really. But but yeah, I mean, listeners, what do you think about Discovery taking over at Warner Brothers and and what the D- future of DC? I mean, who do you think should be heading up that division? Is there anybody you can think of in Hollywood who you think would be a good fit for that job? Um, you know, let us know your thoughts because uh, honestly, me and Alf generally don't have a clue. So, <laughs> so if you've got if you've got ideas, then yeah, by all means, share them with us, mate. Uh, by all means, do. Um, but yeah, I think that will do it for this episode. Really, uh, thanks a lot for listening, folks. Um, thanks a lot for joining us, um, Alf. Been a pleasure catching up with you, Thank and you. Um, yeah, man, thanks for coming along. We'll we'll have you along again on here soon. Uh, before you go, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BigA85GL. You can also find me on TikTok at the Big A Reviews, and you can also find me on uh, on YouTube at Big A Reviews as well. Fantastic. And uh, also, listeners, don't forget that um, Big A is regularly features every Thursday on uh, a live streaming podcast on Instagram Live called Danger Room Analysis, yeah. uh, hosted by my partner in crime, Rich Kid. Um, what they do is they discuss uh, action scenes every week, um, usually action scenes. Sometimes I think you guys choose like a, a sci-fi scene or a horror scene as well. Yeah, you kinda, it, don't you? pretty much any genre you like. As long as it's got some violence in there, mm-hmm. we'll take a look at it. And yeah, you can find it on Instagram. Uh, at danger underscore room underscore analysis. Wicked. Well, I'll post up a link in the show notes as well, folks. So, um, yeah, do make sure you go and check that out. Uh, subscribe and follow them on Instagram because it's a lot of fun. And I pop up on there every so often as well. So, um, yeah, you can get to see my mug on there too. Um, so, yeah, go and check that out. All right, that will do it for us, as said. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate you joining us. And thanks to those of you who stuck by. I know there's been like long gaps in between recordings and things like that at the moment. But um, as I said, the wheels are starting to turn once again. So we will definitely be doing more of these uh, forthcoming. Um, and as I said, we're hoping to get a Moon Knight uh, spoilers review and discussion, perhaps with a few other guests. Um, Alf, would you be interested in popping along for that one? uh yeah hopefully depending as to when it is yeah hopefully it will be on cool cool well no problem we'll we'll sort that out but as said listeners we'll we'll definitely get that that ball rolling but in the meantime thanks a lot for joining us take it easy out there stay safe 
enjoy the, the weather and the bank holiday if you have got a bank holiday uh, and we'll see you again soon peace out see ya Thanks for listening to us. If you're down with Wulong Talks, show some love by following us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Wulong Talks. You can also find us online at www.wulongtalks.com or drop us an email at wulongtalkspodcast at gmail.com. We can also be found as part of the BrickPod Scene Collective and we're also officially E14 endorsed. Search for those hashtags to enjoy more content from us and from other great British podcasters. 